good lead in into our lesson tonight. Amen. As we have been talking about uh, the fruit of the Spirit and uh, understanding that, that there is a source that the fruit comes from. Amen. And the branch is simply the conduit through which the Lord moves and works. Praise God. And so what we have been learning is that simply because of who He is, praise God, we are able to not only benefit from those things that He is, but also produce the fruit of those things in this world. Praise God. Amen. Uh, let's go ahead into our, uh, we'll go into our main text tonight before you're seated and we'll let you be seated for the rest of the night after that. Praise God. Genesis, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Amen. Good to see Jimmy tonight. Amen. Glad that you're here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. This has been our main text that we have been reading through uh, in this series. Galatians 5.22, the scripture says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for standing. Praise God. We are going to be, in just a few moments, uh, talking about, we've been going through each of these uh, as characteristics of the fruit because we understand that that in the, in the context that Paul is writing about the works of the flesh, which is plural, there's multiple works of the flesh, but ultimately there's one work of the Spirit. Amen. That, that work is ultimately for our salvation. It is for, for bringing us back or into relationship with the Lord. Uh, and so, so that's uh, the only thing that I can surmise as to why Paul would write about multiple or plural works of the flesh but one fruit of the spirit but there are different characteristics of that fruit we've talked about love joy peace long suffering and tonight we will be talking about gentleness gentleness so as as i have been doing and will do again tonight uh, just give you a quick review uh, to help bring us all into the same uh, place, place uh, frame of mind into this study. So uh, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, where does it all begin? Where does it all begin? Let me say it out loud so somebody can hear you. It starts with submission. That's where it all begins with. It begins with submission. There is no fruitfulness without submission. Uh, we have uh, understood in our study that Jesus, and we're going to go into this text, uh, this is our secondary text, 
uh, in the book of John. We'll get there in just a minute. Uh, but in that secondary text, Jesus compared us or likened us to branches that are connected to the vine. Branches that must stay attached or, as he said, abide in the vine. Why? Because he's the true vine, his father the husbandman, and we are the branches. And so at the branches, our main job is to provide or bear the fruit. Amen. So we must bear the fruit that is supposed to come from the vine. Amen. And if we don't bear fruit, what did Jesus say that's going to happen? Every branch that doesn't bear fruit is going to be cut off and cast into the fire. And so we fulfill, we must fulfill what uh, God told Adam and uh, Adam and Eve and what God told to Noah is to be fruitful and multiply. Amen. And so uh, we talked about love. Specifically, what kind of love? Agape love. What, what kind of love is agape love? Okay, I'm, I'm hearing decided, which everybody's leaning toward that one now. That's good. Okay. Love one for another. Okay. Uh, well, not quite so much like phileo love in, in the Greek, but, but agape is love one for another, but it's unconditional. Unconditional, and it is a decided, it's a choice love. You choose to, to love somebody in spite of the conditions that may be to the contrary. Or you choose to love somebody in spite of the conditions that may be prevalent that, that would cause you to love them. It doesn't matter what the condition is, you choose to love them. Just like God loved us. Amen? That's why in, in the scripture we can be commanded to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because it is a choice love. Amen. You got a question? It is. It's, it's, there's the, the first, the two great commandments. Uh, absolutely. So we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as Jesus repeated. And we love our neighbor as ourselves. And so it is a choice love. Great question. Uh, and so, so we talked about that's the kind of love that we must bear as, as one of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, it's not a shifting or changing love that changes with circumstances or feelings. It's a conscious decision. Uh, we also uh, must bear uh, that, that characteristic or fruit of joy. Amen. We need joy in our lives. Amen. Not a fake plastered smile. Uh, not not uh, faking uh, how how we feel, but but a true joy that understands that God's got everything in control. Amen. And so so that can bring a joy in that is unspeakable and full of glory, as the Scripture says. Amen. We understand that in His presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Um, from there, we talked about peace. Amen. If there's anything that our world needs now, uh, it is peace. Peace in multiple arenas, peace in multiple ways. Uh, but, uh, but no doubt as individuals, uh, we need peace. Peace in our hearts, peace in our minds. Amen. And so uh, we need peace. It's constantly under attack. Uh, and I love what the promise Jesus said. He said, 
Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Amen. He is, as, as Isaiah declared, that he is the prince of peace. That means he has the authority. Amen. It comes from him. Uh, and uh, peace must be evident in our lives. But last week, what did we talk about? Long-suffering, right. Long-suffering. God uh, commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God. When we should have suffered justice and judgment because of our sin, praise God, he has been long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. Folks, that's what it's all about. That's why we, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it's about a, a, a reconciled relationship with God. It's about our salvation. When we talk about long-suffering, He's giving you opportunity. Opportunity to be saved. Praise God that He didn't strike us dead at the first time that we sinned. He's suffered along with us. As a parent does with their children, he's suffered along because there's hope. There's hope and there's faith that, that things are going to turn out just right. Amen. And I, I love that song, He's Still Working on Me. Amen. Anybody remember that kid's song? <laughs> Amen. So tonight we are talking about uh, that characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit that is gentleness. Gentleness. Now, let, let, before we go into there, let's make sure we get our secondary text to give us our, our setting. So we go to the book of John, the 15th chapter. John chapter 15 and verse number 1. When you have it, say amen. Waiting for the for the screen. Thank you for admitting. That's all right. John chapter fifteen and verse number one. Uh, Jesus says, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, He purges it. That means He prunes it, uh, and that it may bring forth more fruit." Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Amen. Just to continue to pointed out the purpose and we see in just those five verses is that we move with the Lord's help we move from bearing fruit to bearing more fruit to bearing much fruit that comes from abiding in him praise God alright so gentleness is what we're talking about tonight it is not much like long suffering it is not a word that is uh, used very often in our day. Uh, our society doesn't 
uh, truly understand what it is, much less how to apply it. Um, but it is for the Christian to truly seek out this aspect of our walk with God, for it, it's something that we find listed here among the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness, guys, is not a girly or feminine. It applies to the most masculine of us. Amen. We're going to look at this particular characteristic tonight. And so as we have been doing, uh, is we understand, we have to understand that the source, where all of this comes from, if we were to abide in Him, what, who is it that we're abiding in? What are we getting, what are we supposed to be getting from the source, the vine? Because we are the branches. We'll talk about the vine, we'll talk about the branches, and we'll talk about the fruit that we are supposed to bear. Amen. So let's talk about the vine. God is the source. All the things that we've talked about so far in our series, God is the source. He is, uh, just to put it plainly, when it comes to the first of those characteristics, is love. God is love. Right? Amen. He is the source of our joy. He is the source of our peace. He is the one that is long-suffering to us. Amen. So he is the source of these things, and so the same is with gentleness. When we see David, for example, fleeing from King Saul, uh, Saul felt his uh, throne was uh, being challenged by David, even though it wasn't. Uh, when, when David finally was free after King Saul had died, uh, after he was finally free from, from the pursuit of King Saul, from, from uh, Saul trying to take his life, uh, David could finally rejoice in the now liberty that he had, uh, that burden that was now off of his shoulders. And he even wrote a psalm of praise. You'll find it, uh, the, this particular scripture that we're going to read, you'll find it in the book of Second Samuel, chapter 22, verse 36. This is... Uh, Samuel's record of uh, portions, the, the, the narrative of David's life uh, and, and the leading up to his, his rule as king. Uh, but you also will find this in the Psalms. Psalm 18, verse 35. Uh, it, both of those record the same song or psalm. Uh, and so uh, whichever one you want to turn to, you're, it's going to read the, read the same. Uh, either 2 Samuel 22, 36 or Psalm 18, 35. David is writing his thanks to God and he says in this particular verse, uh, he says, Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy right hand has holden me up and thy gentleness has made me great. That's a, that's a pretty cool statement. Not just the protection of the Lord from the shield of the salvation. Not just the, the upgirding or the lifting up of the hand of the Lord. But, but the gentleness of God has made David great. Now tuck that in your pocket for just a little while because we're going to see that, what that means in just a minute. Because right now we're talking about the vine, that, that the source of this gentleness that we are supposed to also bear as fruit. Yes, sir.
Now, Marcos, you've you got to stop getting ahead of me here. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I, I, I give you, give you, yeah, that's awesome. No, I, no, that's fine. I'm just, I'm just teasing you. De definitely keep, keep asking questions because we're going to get there right, right now in just, just a moment. Because in the Hebrew, the, the original language that, that the Psalm and Second uh, Samuel were written in, that word gentleness uh, in Hebrew, and I'm going to try this, is anava, anava, which means humility or meekness. You see where I was going with that, Marcus? Marcos? Uh, so we're going right there. So, so that word anava in the Hebrew means humility or meekness. It isn't saying that God is the one that is humble or meek, but rather that God was giving him or creating in him humility and meekness. Because when you think about it, David had every reason now to boast. In fact, if, if that was truly David was going to be, he would have taken Saul's life and lifted him up, uh, you know, uh, his victory up in pride. But God was working something in David. There's a reason that God called David a man after his own heart. He had those times, those, those opportunities of pride, and he did give in at points. But God was working something in him that it's hard to see in the midst of And so rather than, than the proud, boastful spirit and attitude, especially at this point, now that the burden is off of his shoulders, rather he is humbling himself submitting himself to God's anointing. That's why we see that, that uh, uh, this humility and meekness that David learned, uh, he would not touch God's anointed. He wouldn't lift up his hand against Saul. So all this time that Saul was pursuing David's life, not, not just pursuing him to take him prisoner, but to kill him, David is living in caves, He's living in the wilderness. He's hiding. He's fleeing. You could imagine what David is, David's life is like during those years. And so during this time, David is learning. He's learning the, the meekness that he learned uh, in leading the mighty men out there in the wilderness because he had to restrain them. Meekness is is that controlled or restrained strength. He had to restrain those mighty men that wanted to kill King Saul. He had to restrain himself. You remember when he was uh, uh, found in the same cave as Saul. And he had opportunity to take Saul's life. That was the meekness that God had been working in him. Restrained strength. And so these things God was working in him and he did not touch God's anointed because God was working in him through this process God is the source of this gentleness that we're talking about tonight uh, don't forget that God calls us into humility and submission remember where when we talk about the fruit of the spirit where does it all begin with submission okay God calls us to that place we understand Scripture tells us pride comes before... Ah, I, was, I, I paused there to test you. 
Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Okay? One of the most misquoted scriptures. Pride comes before destruction, haughty spirit before a fall. James tells us that God resists the proud but gives grace unto the humble. And so we see all that God is trying to do because he's the one that should get all the glory. That's what we find in Scripture. His glory, he's not going to share with anybody else. Our lives, although he gives us free will, we get to make a choice. But when we choose to live for God, our lives are designed and purposed to be for the glory of God. We get the benefit of that salvation. Amen. And so, uh, now, in Greek, word gentleness because that's where we started this and is uh, in the New Testament and the New Testament was written in the original Greek language that Greek word and we're going to revisit this later uh, is uh, used and it, it, it's translated as uh, uh, kindness or goodness at different points so it may get a little confusing tonight but I will try to point out which word that we're talking about so just please bear with me because there's going to be different scriptures that we're going to read they're going to talk about the kindness of the Lord. Uh, different ones are going to talk about the goodness of the Lord. And sometimes that is the, the same word that we're talking about here in uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. That is gentleness. Okay? Uh, but it, it, it has a definition of, it has multiple definitions, and I, I'm going to leave one out until later. But a couple of those definitions are moral excellence and integrity. Moral excellence and integrity. Amen. But it is also, again, as translated in Scripture at different points, goodness or gentleness or kindness. And so we see this. If God is the source, then God himself, just like we talked about with David, when God was manifest in the flesh, we understand that, that, that that's who Jesus was. When we read the book of John, that's the exact wording. Is God was manifest in the flesh. Okay? Uh, and so, uh, so Jesus Christ, you're not going to find somebody that is more kind, more gentle, more good than him. When you look at examples in Scripture, the first of his miracles, before his ministry, he was at the marriage, this marriage supper in Cana of Galilee. And because his mother's request, he was voluntold, and he turned water into wine so that the family would not be embarrassed, the host family. His kindness toward children, his kindness toward the lame, the blind, the deaf, the dumb, his gentleness toward those who mourned, toward those who were of ill repute, toward those who were the castaways of society. How rich is his kindness or his gentleness as we're using that word tonight? He never seemed to lack for a gentle hand. He never seemed to lack for a kind word. He never seemed to lack for a good deed. He didn't condemn for lack of faith many times. He forgave when it wasn't convenient. He didn't hold a grudge. He had every right to. 
that's who he is. He is the source of this gentleness that we're talking about tonight. So let me show you in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, down through verse number 7, you're going to see the kindness of the Lord, the gentleness of the Lord in play. Now, when we get down to verse 7, the word kindness there, that's the same word that we're using as gentleness in the Greek. Okay? So Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. So you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the children of disobedience. Is everybody with me? Okay, that's who we used to be. Among whom also we had all we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. This is who we used to be, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, I love that. Word. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love where he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, He has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And He has raised us up together, made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Man, that sounds... Thank the Lord that He has lifted us up because He's rich in mercy. But verse number 7 finishes this, this off. That in the ages to come, so he's not just looking at your past, he's looking for a future for you. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace where? In his kindness. That's that word gentle we're talking about. So that he would show us the riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Amen. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and one of them, uh, the, the characteristic being gentleness, that's the same word that's translated as kindness. He is rich in that gentleness, that kindness toward us. It's because of His gentleness that we get a future. Not just His long-suffering, but you think He could act with a heavy hand. This God of great power can move with such subtlety and skill and gentleness. Think for a moment back to uh, Elijah. He was hiding away in a cave, fearing for his life, having a pity party, and God was trying to get his attention. Quake, earthquakes and, and shaking of the mountains and, and uh, all sorts of things that God was doing to get his attention. And all of a sudden, it wasn't those things, but it, God spoke to him in a still, small voice. This God of great power can also work in gentleness in our lives. Some folks... 
If they're going to be saved, they, need a, they just need to be knocked right over the head. Anybody one of those? <laughs> but some folks need the gentleness of God to reach into their lives, to speak into their lives. We were dead in our sins. But He has raised us up together. Amen. Amen. And He shows us His exceeding, the exceeding riches of His grace in that gentleness, that kindness towards us. Amen. So He is the source of this gentleness that we're talking about. And so if He's the source... And, and we are to be the branches, we are to be the conduit, that means we get the benefit of receiving that gentleness in our lives. Now, God had a people, chosen people. And Paul writes about them uh, to the church of Rome. In Romans chapter 11, verse 1, he says, I say then, has God cast away his people? Remember what Jesus said about the branches that don't bear fruit, Right? What happens? Cut off, cast into the fire. And so Paul is telling the church in Rome, he says, Has God cast away his people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Verse number 5. He says, Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. God had a chosen and he likens the Israelites, God's chosen people, to the branches of an olive tree. Now they were cut off because of their unbelief. The Gentiles, that's you and I, okay, because we're not Jews, we're not part of the, the Israelite family. Uh, and so the Gentiles were, uh, were proud that they were now accepted into the vine. And so they were, they were saying that God cut off the branches of the first fruit in order that the Gentiles would be grafted into the vine. But Paul gave them a stark warning to those who would lift themselves up in pride. In Romans chapter 11, verse 19, he says to them, Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. That's the, the Gentiles in the church that are saying that to the, to the Jews. Okay? Jews are cast off that we might be grafted into the vine. And Paul continues. He says, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, the ones that he cut off, that you could be grafted in? If he didn't spare those branches, take heed, lest he also spare not you. In other words, you better be fruitful. Verse 22. Behold, therefore, look at the goodness. And that, that word there is the same Greek word, I told you we're, it can be confusing if you're not careful. It's the same Greek word as our fruit that we're talking about, gentleness. So behold, therefore, I can go ahead and substitute it. The gentleness 
and severity of God on them which fell severity, but towards you gentleness. If thou continue in his gentleness, otherwise you will also be cut off. Everybody with me? Think about what he just said. I want you to look. That's that word behold. Look at the gentleness and the severity of God. That's like saying look at the mercy and the judgment of God. Everybody understand? Don't get lifted up in pride. We talked about that earlier. Don't get lifted up in pride, but understand the gentleness and the severity of God and continue in His gentleness. Continue in that place. So therefore, we must abide, as Jesus told us, in the vine. He's the source. He's the source. So we don't have that in and of ourselves. It's got to come from Him. So we t go back to John, and we pick up uh, where we left off in verse number 5. I am the vine, he says, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. This is all about abiding in him. Continue in his gentleness, his goodness. Continue. If you continue in his gentleness, you shall not be cut off. The problem is man thinks that we are good enough in ourselves that we really don't need God we're good enough on our own the thought that man is good enough or can be good enough on our own is a lie from the pit of hell it's one that the enemy uses to blind mankind to our wretched condition Folks, if we're, if we're not looking at, at the goodness of God as our standard, then yeah, we can all be good. Every human being can be good. That was one of the flaws of Anne Frank. Anybody remember her? She had the thought that every person in their natural state was good. But we have to understand that because of sin, Sin has corrupted that natural state. And so we need to plug in. We need to be grafted into the vine and abide in Him because He is the source of goodness. Isaiah 64, verse 6. We are all as an unclean thing, and we all and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind we have like the wind have taken us away you notice there he says all of our righteousnesses everything that is good about us 
no matter how good, all of our righteousness is like a filthy rag. And I'm not going to try to illustrate what exactly that means. It is waste, it is unproductive to rely on our goodness or our righteousness. We must plug in, be connected to the vine. And so Paul writes uh, still to the Roman church in Romans chapter 3, verse 9, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Does that sound like another scripture? All have sinned, come short of the glory of God. As it is written, there is how many righteous? Ah. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understands. There's none that seeks after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together become unprofitable. And there is none that does good, no, not one. Now, we miss it because of the English language. But in the original Greek, it's the same word that we've been reading about tonight, talking about tonight, gentleness, that same word where it says that there is none that does good. We don't have the gentleness, the goodness, the kindness that is needed without the source of that kindness, of that gentleness. So where it's translated as doeth good in the King James, that's that same word that we're talking about none that is gentle, good helps amen, it's not about doing good deeds it's not about relying on good deeds and works uh, to uh, declare ourselves righteous before the almighty because we are all sinners and we've got to stop trying to make ourselves right right with God by our own efforts by our own goodness and stop trying to show everybody how good we are. There's no one that can make it to heaven by the works of their own hands or the goodness of their own hearts. Both Jews and Gentiles, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. And so something that we must do. Amen. And Paul writes to the Colossian church. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 8. He tells us that we must put off all of these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse number 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bow mercy. Now just, just King James throws that off. That just means a heart. Bowels are the seat of the emotions in the Bible. So not, not, not your bowels as we talk about them okay the seat of your emotions your heart the heart of mercy put that on 
And then what's after that? Kindness, same Greek word. We could translate, put, put in gentleness there. Put on a heart of mercy. Let's go ahead and make that translation as well. Put on a heart of mercy and gentleness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. We don't have it of ourselves, but put it on. How do we put it on? As many of us as are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He's the source. And we receive from the source if we abide in Him. If we're able to abide in the vine, we must put off the old ways. Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. The works of the flesh, the lies, that, that's the old man. Cast him off. Put on the new man. He's renewed in knowledge of his creator. There's no reasons for division or strife. We put on, as the chosen of God, gentleness. Gentleness. It's something you choose to wear. You choose to put it on. It's something that goes with every outfit. Every color and every style, doesn't matter what generation. Never goes out of style. that gentleness that God brings and gives into our lives. But we don't just get to be the beneficiaries of that gentleness. We are called, as we have been talking about, to bear fruit of the same. We talked about love, joy, peace, and long-suffering. And we also must bear that evidence of gentleness in our lives. If he's the source, and we're the branch, he's the vine, we're the branch, then there's got to be an outflow from us. Amen. And so we've got to prove it. That's what fruit does. Proves what kind of tree it is. Amen. Anybody ever expect to go to an orange tree to, to find an apple? No, you expect to find an orange on an orange tree. Amen. And so the fruit proves what is happening in the branch. And it proves what type of plant or tree or vine, in this case, that the branch is connected to. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 4, Paul writes, he says, But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in other words, there's supposed to be evidence in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, and notice that word there, you can take a guess, by kindness, that's that same word, you can substitute gentleness, by gentleness, by the Holy Ghost, by love, unfeigned. Amen. It is part of the proof, part of the proof of God working in us. If we're going to be shown as the children of God, we must be proven by the kindness or the gentleness that comes from the Holy Ghost working in us. Gentleness is one of those that, that things that proves the work of God in our lives. Strife and anger, 
they're not going to be found in the same place where gentleness is. And so we must bear that fruit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and clamor and evil speaking, let them be put away from you with all malice. And what does he say there in that first statement? Be be kind one to another. Let's go ahead and substitute it. Be gentle one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. He's the vine. We're the branch. What is the evidence of that connection? It is to be fruit. How does that fruit come out? We're seeing it right here. Paul says to be kind or be gentle one to another. And that is what we have been talking about through this whole series, and we're going to continue to talk about it, is the fact that the fruit of the Spirit, fruit is not intended for the tree itself. The fruit is intended for the animals and, and those who would come by. In our situation, in our illustration, the fruit that we bear is intended for every man and woman and child around us who needs to know what that gentleness of God is like. We don't need to go around preaching the severity of God to everyone we talk to. But rather, we also need to be able, and I would dare say more so, talk about the gentleness of God to those around us. Because there's enough hard things happening in people's lives. There's enough condemnation to go around in this world to last for generations. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be getting better. Scripture tells us that in the last days, not only are perilous times gonna, are going to come, but things will wax worse and worse. I don't mean to be a doomsday or doomsayer or whatever. But we have to understand that, that, that the world, because of sin, is not going to get better by itself. God has to work in people, and those people have to be willing to let God work. Amen. And so how does God work in people's lives? He uses you and I. We are ambassadors for Him, as Paul wrote. We are to be witnesses, as Jesus told us. We are epistles or letters read of all men. And what do they see? Do they see somebody that comes with harshness, anger, strife, malice? That ought not be the child of God. Because if those things are evident in your life and not the gentleness of God, then you're probably not connected to the right body. And we need to repent. 
get plugged in. Abide in the vine, the true vine. Amen. So to be kind, to, to be gentle, it's a choice. It's coupled with mercy and forgiveness. It's not responding or reacting with how you feel in the moment, but rather with the gentleness of God that He has given to you. Now, I told you I was reserving one definition for later. And this is that later. We're almost done. That word gentleness in the Greek, it doesn't just have the definition of, of kindness or moral uh, in, uh, 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 excellence and integrity. But one of the definitions of that word gentleness in the Greek, that Greek word is Christodes, and it means kind or good or gentle or pleasant or good of heart. But in the mix of all of those meanings, in the middle of all the uses that we've talked about tonight, you'll see something very intriguing. Christodes, uh, that gentleness word, also carries with it the connotation of usefulness usefulness or employable okay everybody with me just need another minute could it be said that without the kindness or the gentleness of God in your life because of God working in you that without gentleness that your branch may not be useful in the kingdom. If your branch is only used as a beating stick, you probably are not very useful to the kingdom. But if your branch bears fruit, one of those characteristics being gentleness, then I would dare say yes you are useful to the kingdom. It could mean that the rest of your fruit is spoiled, contaminated, because you have a contrary spirit if you're not bearing that fruit, the evidence of gentleness. And so we must do what David did. We must fulfill what God worked in David. Humility and meekness. Understanding that God is doing a work in and through us. We have to let gentleness reign in us tonight. Would you stand with me tonight? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Amen. And we finish that, that text that they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust thereof. Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. happen tonight. When you abide in the vine, He will abide in you. And He will work in you and work through
through you. Praise God. You are going to have to catch yourself at points when you want to react or respond with, with a little bit of anger. You have to catch yourself. Try to respond with gentleness. You know, Solomon, that wise king, he said at one point, a soft answer turns away wrath. That's gentleness. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you tonight for your word. Thank you, God, for speaking to us. Thank you, God, for the gentleness that you've put into our lives. That, God, you have not responded to us as we have probably needed at points where you've not brought in your justice or your judgment in those moments, Lord, but rather you, you spoke gently. You move gently in our lives. And your work, Lord, your purpose is, is for our salvation. It is for, for our relationship with you. And I pray, God, that we would understand that, that we would continue to walk in that way, Lord, that we would continue to abide in you, receiving that gentleness in our lives. But I pray, Lord, that in this world that tests us at every turn, in this world that is always attempting to, to steal our joy and take our peace, to crush our hopes, that, God, that we would not respond with the anger and the frustration that this world is exhibiting toward us, but that we would respond with the love, that we would live and walk in that joy that's unspeakable and that peace that passes understanding that we would exhibit that long-suffering, Lord, that you've given to us. And tonight, as we've talked, Lord, I pray that you help us to exhibit gentleness, gentleness to our co-workers. I pray help us to exhibit gentleness in our homes, to our children, to our spouse. God, I pray, Lord, lead us. Help us, Lord, to continue to abide in you. Draw us ever closer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet one another in the name of the Lord.